You best not miss. This. All right, I love it. Let's uh, keep this conversation going now with Jim Bianco. He is president and founder of Bianco Research. And I actually wanted to start with a conversation about your ETF, et cetera. But Eric told me I have to start on Bitcoin. I understand that you had some tweets over the weekend that uh, caught the attention of the crypto crowd, basically calling these spot Bitcoin ETFs a mistake. Walk us through that argument. Yeah. yeah. Bitcoin and crypto is supposed to be a decentralized asset. No one owns it. No one can control it. No one can regulate it. But what we're doing now is we're centralizing the ownership of Bitcoin into the hands of a few people. Now, remember, they may represent thousands of individual investors, but on chain, Bitcoin only sees 10 new owners coming into the market, with the biggest one being iBit or BlackRock. This puts a potential regulatory or potential problem in this decentralization argument because you're going to have a big, powerful group of owners and they're going to have to abide by their regulators like the SEC and Gary Gensler. And they're already putting rules on them about, you know, which, um, you know, which wallets are allowable, that they won't allow in-kind transfer. And they're putting a lot of rules and that that might cause the crypto community to have to bend to those rules in order to keep the flows coming. So you're centralizing the ownership of a decentralized, decentralized asset. And I just think that's incompatible in the long run if you believe the mission of cryptocurrencies to try and create an alternative financial system. So, Jim, this is an interesting point. And in my tweets on Bitcoin ETFs, I sometimes see some hardcore crypto people actually make that point. They're like, do we really want to give all our money to Larry Fink? That's one of the responses I get. Um, here's my comeback to that and why I was an advocate for the approval, which is the other ways to get exposure if you're kind of lazy and want to have it outsourced uh, were expensive. You know, commissions on an, on an exchange, uh, microstrategy stock isn't exactly direct exposure. GBTC was like a, a closed-end fund. So we were like, well, at least ETFs will give investors the best possible deal uh, in terms of the price tracking the NAV at a low cost. Seems like they're doing that. Um, in that frame of reference, would you have any problem with that, or does that matter? Well, no. I mean, I don't have a problem with investors wanting to buy it through an ETF. I just think that the industry itself and they're, you know, cheering this on and wanting this to happen is where I, I'm kind of concerned because let's go back. Crypto is supposed to build an alternative financial system. It is supposed to be something different. It's supposed to be decentralized. It's not there. But it can be there if it gets development, it gets more coders, it gets more VC money into it to build out that system. I don't think a, bit, a Bitcoin ETFs and having everybody follow into this is going to make it better. Oh, the price of these coins will go up and it'll be more likely that people want to invest in mm. outside ventures and make it better. No, they'll just say, no, I won't invest in coding. I won't invest in VC. I'll just buy iBit. Or I'll just buy, you know, uh, one of the other ones and I'll just watch it go up. And that, and that will then retard the progress that this system is going to have. If, you know, to put it in, in crypto terms, if everybody's just going to be a number go up cheerleader. Mm. I mean, yes, I want the price to go up, but I want it to go up for the right way that we're building something of lasting value, not just everybody pile into all these 10 ETFs and let's just see if we can make a run at 70,000, the all time high. And Jim, it's an interesting point. I remember uh, about a month ago, a little over a month ago, when these launched, someone made the point to me that it's kind of funny that all the hopes and dreams of the cryptocurrency industry have just been boiled down into the launch of a spot Bitcoin ETF. Of course, uh, some of these big issuers actually launching it. But 
Let's move on because there are things to talk about other than Bitcoin. So let's talk about bonds because you have an ETF. We're talking about the Wisdom Tree Bianco Total Return Fund. The ticker there is WTBN. And I think it's interesting. So this is a bond fund, but you don't actually hold the cash bonds themselves. You chose to get your exposure by holding other ETFs. Talk to us about that decision and structuring the portfolio that way. So the portfolio is structured as an index, uh, the Bianco Total Return Index, BTRINDX on your Bloomberg. And uh, we discretionarily manage that index by, you know, picking the correct array or what we hope is the correct durations and weightings on corporates and mortgages and out, um, out, of, out of index bets like we currently have a 20% weighting in short term tips um, as well. Well, when we went through and we decided to how we're going to structure this portfolio, we looked at the ETF community and there's 500 ET, uh, fixed income ETFs with $600 billion of assets. And they're getting very cheap and they're getting very efficient. And we said, you know, I could do this. I could do this by buying thousands of bonds or I could do this by buying a couple of dozen ETFs uh, and having a universe of maybe 75 or 80 ETFs. And there's a lot of equity funds that do this. But I think the bond market has been kind of sliced and diced up to the point where this has become very, very efficient. Our average cost of all the ETFs we own right now is four basis points. So it has become, you know, it's either that or put together an infrastructure to buy thousands of bonds. It's actually almost cheaper in order to uh, and pass that along to the uh, ultimate users to use uh, ETFs. Equities have done this for a while, and now I think fixed income is doing it. And Jim, looking at the portfolio, uh, just glancing at it, looks like it's more on the short end of the curve. You got some intermediate, one long term, but it's only a 3% weighting. Last year, we saw this massive rush of flows into TLT, which I mentioned earlier. TLT was like stuck at number three or two on the year-to-date chart almost the whole year. Um, what's your take on that trade? Uh, it didn't work. It worked for a little bit. Now it's kind of gone sideways. Um, seems like a tempting trade. You don't really own much of it. What's the thought behind that? Yeah, I, I'm bearish on bonds. And so, you know, here I am pitching a long-only index and I'm bearish on bonds. But then that's kind of the point is that by positioning correctly, you'll hopefully be uh, on the right side. I think inflation is going to be sticky and the economy is going to stay strong. And I think you've seen it, what you mentioned about the weekly flows that all the bonds have disappeared because rates have gone up on the 10-year to 4.3%. And I think you're seeing a lot of investors starting, just starting to pull back on that. So we are positioned short duration versus our benchmark index. We are positioned slightly underweight corporate bonds. We just did that in the last couple of weeks after the big rush of issuance in January and the all-time high in stocks. I think that, you know, there's, there's some pullback on that. We're underweight on mortgages and structure, but we're moving more towards an overweight. And if I'm right and rates go up, we'll probably start getting longer and longer as rates get higher. But I think the next move is going to be higher. And so we've been outperforming the index or we've been outperforming the accepted benchmarks this year. And even though we're down on the year, and I think we're positioning ourselves well that when we get through this up cycle in rates, we'll be ready to actually have some positive return later this year. Right. Well, Jim, we only have about 30 seconds uh, left with you, but I find it really interesting that you are bearish on bonds, that the view is that rates could go higher. Just quickly walk me through what would get us there. What are the ingredients for rates to actually go higher here? Because I speak to a lot of bond bulls at this juncture. Yeah, there are a lot of bond bulls out there, but I think that there is no soft landing. It is a no landing scenario fully in uh, the market or the economy is growing at its potential, if not more. We've seen a propensity of people to want to spend 
more, and that is resulting in that propensity to spend is a choice. People want to spend more. It's not that they have excess savings. And that is resulting in sticky inflation around 3%. That last mile talk that we're going to go to 2%, I think it's going to be woefully disappointed. And we're going to be stuck with like a 2.5% inflation or growth world in a 3% inflation world. And that pretends higher interest rates. Well, I'm sure you felt some vindication uh, last week, Ben, with all those inflation prints that we got. But, Jim, we got to leave it there. Really enjoyed this conversation. That is Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. Now, coming up, we look at one ETF that's lost 